Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What you are currently listening to is part two in a series. If you haven't heard the first one, I suggest you go back and check out the content we put down one episode ago. If you've earned your way here, sit back and enjoy the show. We've got some awesome content coming your way right now. What would you say was the most were a few of the most impactful experiences you had out in the field when you were active most Um, yeah the ones that made you breathe like that after you're like (laughs) uh i I could share one one thing that i've actually actually wrote about this for for skill set magazine uh i was uh i think i was probably a few years into into uh public service yeah, and uh, we got this report about of, of some uh, people with firearms in a gas station, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere down in Mexico, and I walked over. I just did a walk by, you know, just uh, took everything off. Okay, took everything off and uh, did a walk by, and saw all these guys wearing you know plate arm plate armor and AKs and stuff like that. Uh, sitting around these cars and you know was going to walk by and then you know report numbers and capabilities and stuff like that from the other side mm-hmm. and amongst these guys one of them whistles out and calls my name you know and uh i my heart went all the way into my ass you know yeah and you know it went through every single permutation of what could happen in my mind mm-hmm life flashed before my eyes and all this shit. And it was one of my childhood friends in that group. Dang. Right? Recognized me. Called me over. You know? Gave me a big hug. You know, I could feel his, uh, he had his uh, AK magazines with the bullets going up for some reason. You know, I couldn't criticize him about that. You know? But that's- <laughs> You're going to let it slide that time. Let it slide. <laughs> Hugs me, you know. Yeah. Have those things dig into my chest. Mm-hmm. And I had a uh, Glock 17, you know, stuck down my pants uh, with a coat hanger sheath on it. And he uh, was trying to, you know, do the side thing you know, so you could, couldn't feel it, you know. And we started talking about, you know, hey, what have you been doing? He's, you know, telling me how he's uh, having all this, you know, money coming in from his work with the cartels. Ah. I'm just shocked, you know. He's like, "What have you been doing?" Oh, so I'm looking for a job, and oh, well, you know, there's you know, there's opportunities and shit like that for people like us and stuff like that. Uh, 
and uh, you know my phone is going off the fucking hook you know it's, it's vibrating in my pocket and you know he uh he gets called back over they were gonna move and he says uh be careful i know what you do and this is a very dangerous place for you to be in you know oh. gives me a very firm handshake and looks at me and smiles and winks and walks back to his car you know with his guys I was fucking petrified by this point, you know, walking back to where I was. And before I made it back to my guys, the army showed up and got into a firefight with these guys and, you know, annihilated all of them. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that really put things into perspective for me. Um, as far as, uh, you know, there's, there's always this uh, program that goes, uh, with anybody that goes off into a fight or war. It's always us versus them. Yeah. It's always, they're evil. They're not human. Mm-hmm. They're the bad guys. We're the good guys. Mm-hmm. And amongst all that, you know, crap and horrible shit, mm-hmm. a friendly face from your childhood, you know, says hi, you know, hugs you and legitly cares about you and kind of winks and nods and keeps your secret. Yeah. Walks over, you know. I, I I looked for his body uh, for the next you know probably an hour, mm. and I stayed with it till uh, his his parents uh, picked it up at the morgue. Mm. It's a day later. Uh, you know, lesson there is, you know, the enemy isn't always easily defined. Uh, yeah. People that do define the enemy clearly and dehumanize it are usually people that don't know shit about life. They need and to that, do that. Yeah, that changed meant changed me mentally. You know. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped being that you know, kill them all fucking mentality and I had you know, yeah, to destroy everything and just be fucking you know, live fast, die young type mentality. I had mm. maybe slow down a shit ton. You know, think about things a bit more. Yeah, man, that was an amazing story. Yeah, man. No, I I, I agree. You know, it's never so binary. Uh, I agree 100%. I feel like that is an intellectual shortcut. A lot of people need, um, in order to do their work. Uh, I get I think, it. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, maybe some people need it. You know, I've, I've never had that because I've always taken, taking a life very seriously, you know, yeah. like I've always been 100% conscious, like, no, this is a human being. I'm doing this because this, I have to do this. I have to see my family again. It's my duty. This is, you know, like this is the game. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, it's uh, in, on my part, it's, it was my upbringing, you know, yeah. Catholic, Catholic raised, you know, my, my yeah. mom was very strict, uh, you know, and raising me, you know, she would, I would always get books for Christmas and stuff like that. You know, that was my, <laughs> yeah, that's next level, bro. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I remember, killing a rattlesnake uh, at our family ranch when I was a kid. Uh, and then my mom showed me how to skin it and basically eat it. Yeah. Why? Because you, you get, you have to eat what you kill. You know? mm-hmm. That was a, that was a lesson that, you know, not, not unconsciously kind of provided a lot of, you know, the value of life and mm-hmm. if you're going to take it, you know, you have to better have a good reason and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, so it's not, but not all people have that, you know, yeah, yeah, man. People out there don't they won't won't think twice and will take everything away. Yeah, 
No, I, I agree. I've seen that on both sides and with the good guys and with the bad guys, man. Okay. So, no, man, that's heavy stuff, man. I mean, I, the parallel, I, I didn't have anything that was that touching, but there was, I remember when I was asking my senior dudes, like, yo, what's combat like? And they were like, it's a mind job, you know? I remember being like, it's a mind job, but it was, you know, and I remember when I finally went into combat, my first, like after our initial invasion of Haditha and like a crazy night, I just remember when it all became really real to me was, well, another level of when the, the humanity of it became real to me. I remember we we're running down the street after just a crazy night invading. And I remember these little kids would came out and they were like, Anna Habibi Marines. Yeah. And like, Hey, we love Marines. Marines are good. Yeah. And they're like, like looking at me, like I'm this like space Martian that they've never seen with all this cool <laughs> stuff and like trying to play with me and trade things, Mr. Mr. And I remember looking at these little kids that were like loving me on me. And I remember being like, I'm about to kick your door in and I'm about to like arrest your father and take your whole family hostage and search your whole entire house. You will be a terrorist within the next 30 minutes if you weren't already. Like, like I remember thinking all this and then, you know, you kick that door in and everyone's getting outside and all the women are crying and screaming. And I remember, you know, the guys like being nice to me and being like, oh, like, like helping us search everything. And he's being like totally cool. And my senior, one of my senior Marines comes up to me. He's like, Rogers, find me something. I know this guy's moosh. And I'm like, this guy's moosh. This is, this guy's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. You know, like he's helping us search his house. You know, he's offering us tea, this guy, you know? And, uh, I start searching and he's being totally cool and long, long story short, I end up finding like piles of spent casings on the rooftop where he was shooting at us the night before I find like, it was like literally like Mujahideen 101 book with like Saddam. It had Saddam, uh, uh, it had um, not Saddam, but one of the other guys, Arkawi's face on it. Like uh, he had vials of like adrenaline in there. And then I found two 155 anti tank shells already tamped, ready to go uh, underneath the house. Uh, and then uh, weapons cache for AKs and everything. And I just remember being like, this is a much. Yeah. <laughs> like this is combat bro you know yeah. uh but yeah and, man. interesting thing about you know because this is something uh like uh, people ask me about books and stuff like that should i go, like write write a book dude and shit like yeah. that you know the truth is i have around seven full moleskin notebooks you know and i i i, I made it a point to keep a diary for most of the time you know yeah. until now you know uh, you were actually in my entry for like a week ago. You posted something about lifting people up and you made it into my, you know, <laughs> made it into my diary, you know? Uh, and, um, the, I made an entry recently and it kind of reminds me of that, you know, uh, how you can never truly go back home after you go off and do something like that. Yeah. Because the home you left usually changes when the time you're gone, while the time you're gone. And you change, right? Oh, yeah. So you can never truly kind of go back home. And for most people that love that type of environment or that stay long enough in it, you know, I stayed. To become part yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, I stayed ten more than 10 years out there doing what I did, you know. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, they would offer me vacation time and I didn't even know what that was, you know. Wow. I was avoiding things. And, and then all of a sudden it's over, you know. It's over. Yeah. And yeah. now you're like, yeah, now you can go home. 
Like what home, you know? What home? This is home. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is who I've become, man. Now I. Now there's a there's a there's a diary entry I left uh, right towards the end. Uh, you know, we we used to have this nickname for our guys. You know, we would call them the Lost Boys. You know, because uh-huh. you know they were pretty. You know, we were pretty far out there. We always get lost. Yeah. So diary entry says, "The Lost Boys haven't found." You can never truly go back to Never Neverland, and now you have to make a new home. Where? And just uh, I don't know. Dot yeah. dot dot. Yeah, at the dot, end, dot. that's so good. I don't even I don't even remember writing it. You know. Uh-huh. Every now and then I go back to you know certain times of the year when I'm you know sitting down, kind of looking for some sort of guidance. Yeah. <laughs> and what better person to talk to than yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yourself, you know. So. You know, that's, that's, that's a pretty, everybody that goes out there and does things like that, you know, mm-hmm. there's something, something changes, you know, and what some people take that change as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people take it as a positive, you know, some people make very awesome things after such an experience. Some people don't make it out of it. You know? Yeah. I- uh, you know, uh, enlightenment is a destructive process is a thing that I read and it's pretty true, right? That's people so want to think People want to think about, you know, clouds and transformation and nah. you know, coming out of a back room with a full makeover. No, yeah. you can't come out bloody, you know, yeah. screaming like you were born. And, uh, but some people take that the wrong way. You know? Yeah, man. Well, and King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, um, with much wisdom comes much sorrow, man. And, you know, basically I, I and, and I've, not that I have gained any wisdom, but I can see it, you know, like when you see things differently than everyone else around you, or if you evolve past people around you, it's a hard pill to swallow in a lot of ways when you see the world so differently, you know? And I, you know, I ended up writing a book about this as far as my experiences called finding meaning after the military, which is like, Dude, I didn't even realize it when I got out back from Iraq, dude, I was like a dopamine addict. I didn't realize my brain was like, yo, we're about to find our new fight back here. Cause I felt like, I felt like a Lamborghini in a school zone, like doomed to drive 25 miles an hour for the rest of my life. I couldn't deal with it. Or like yeah. the other analogy I use, I felt like, like an adult being forced to watch cartoons forever. Cause civilian life is like, it's like a, yeah. just a cartoon. <laughs> like it's not even, you know, it's not real. It's so, eh, but it's also just as dangerous, which is why we got so many, you know, of our guys committing suicide all the time. It's just, yeah. you know, so I, I talk about finding your new fight. You know, if you're a warrior, peace means death. I go, I get after it in the gym because I need that therapy and I find things to war against, you know, because it's just, I guess that's my answer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Um, what would you say the biggest mistake civilians make with regards to abductions and kind of like personal protection, like anything you saw with regards to abductions, was there one mistake that abductees would make that would be like the kiss of death? Social media, number one, social, right currently, number one, social media. Yeah. Um, right now, that's the thing. I mean, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the people that, uh, that, that I got to deal directly with as far as, you know, I was involved in a few rescue operations, 
uh, when I was when I was working operationally. So I, it, it's rare for people to report abductions to the police in Mexico, to say the really? least. But wow. every now and then we would, we would get you know word of people held in a certain place or safe houses, and we would find safe houses with people you know in cages and shit like that down down in Mexico. Hmm. And um, I've I've got I've gotten to look at browsing histories and open laptops in um, such environments, wow. and I've got to the people you know doing some of these things out there in the world. So some of the people are surprised by some of the detailed, you know, class material that I give out and uh, some of the stuff I post up on social media that is, you know, uh, like when I posted up those zip ties with the uh, the teeth on them, nobody had ever seen those before. Yeah. And I was man. like, ah, vampires. Yeah. They use them all the time down there. <laughs> like not, some of the, some of the high level guys that I work with out there never saw those before. And anyways, uh, some of the stuff that I see as far as their browsing history, uh, fake Facebook profiles, uh, fake Instagram pro- profiles, uh, email accounts linked to bogus businesses that have a Facebook in there, uh, making, uh, you know, asking certain uh, business, the business of the victim for samples of this, samples of that. Want to get to, we want to meet you. We want to buy from you. Uh, how many, how many of these, uh, laptops do you think you can get for us if we you know, pay up front and they make a promise of cash so they're trying to see if he has liquid assets that I didn't get and or sometimes they use the female account and you know that's the, 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 the level of sophistication these guys have as far as social media goes mm. pretty, it's pretty interesting um, wow. and people put their life out there because <laughs> I don't know I don't know why people put a lot of out their life out there on social media, but you know, um, you know, taking pictures of, of, of yourself at your house and people look at your lock on your door, mm-hmm. uh, taking pictures of yourself in your new car or in your car. And then now they know what your car you drive. <laughs> uh, you know, and that paired to a very predictable routine uh, mm-hmm. that, that uh, a lot of people fall into. I go every, every day I go out to the gym at this time. Every day I go out to the, to do this at this time. Every Sunday it's a, it's a happy hour at this bar, you know, um, that, that, and again, and the whole, this could never happen to me. That is the most common thing that I got uh, told by most of the people that I've debriefed, including a cousin of mine, uh, a very, uh, uh, a, a very close family member that got abducted. Wow. And that I couldn't, obviously I couldn't work on that directly because of, you know, conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, when he, when he got let go because they actually paid the ransom and he got let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing he, he, he was going to, he was going to, well, I'm going to talk to him and, and I told him, you never thought this was going to happen to you. That's the first thing you're going to say, right? Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable that it would happen to me. You know, I, I, I didn't think I was a, I was a large enough target or, you know, he has a small business, you know, can yeah. happen. You know, the whole, it couldn't happen to me thing is, is, is mm-hmm. you know, I would see with, with victims. Another thing that I see, especially teaching Americans is the mm-hmm. whole, uh, that's not going to happen to me here. I'm never going to be tied up uh, with zip ties or handcuffed. Uh, you know, you mean here in America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm like, well, uh, we can talk about that. <laughs> you know, we can talk about the, all the cases of home invasions in, in, in the country and yeah, how as Americans that travel abroad, you have the biggest, largest kick me sign on the planet right now and how you're, yeah. now your, your friends is the friends you have uh, uh, overseas or less and less now. Yeah. You know, a lot of reasons why some of these skill sets are, could come in handy, you know, to people. And I always tell people, like, dude, if, if I was an asshole, I would say, come to my classes. I'll show you everything. Nobody knows that there's a lot of people showing different facets of what I show people, you know, mm. um, find one of these people, whoever they are, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a educate yourself, you know? Uh, yeah. but don't buy shit online. I'm going to buy this plastic handcuff key. Cool. Cool story, bro. Uh, do you know how to use it? You use it yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those break off into the keyway? How do you extract it? You know, uh, you yeah. know, if those are going to work with cheap brands of handcuffs available elsewhere in the world, mm-hmm. you know how many types of brands of handcuffs are in the world? You know, there's a lot of questions that you, you it's better to answer these questions now than, you know, later. <laughs> uh, but the whole, it will never happen to me mentality that you, I see a lot out there. Yeah. I think that's, that's a main thing. I think it's, it's tough for uh, civilians, people who've never had or seen something catastrophic or horrible happen for them to make the intellectual jump to like, yo, in reality right now, there are people praying that are getting their heads chopped off one by one. There are people getting raped, murdered, shot, acid being dumped on them somewhere on the planet right now that's happening. There are, Hundred, there's over a hundred thousand people that died today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and this is reality, and it is a thin line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't. It, you don't have to, you know, do a fucking six week course or a ten month whatever certification or whatever. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a small familiarization class, so you can learn yeah. what tools are. You can learn some methods of hiding these tools. You can learn a bit about yeah. the mindset. And, uh, you know, and the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could happen to me. Yeah. You know, if, if, uh, if, if, if a group of 12 guys come after me, I could be Jason Bourne if you want, but if I don't see him coming, you know, guess what? You know, I I'm God game you know? now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to play the game. They want, there was, a, there was an American counter abduction expert that got kidnapped in Mexico after he did an anti-abduction class in Mexico, right? Golly, man. Golly. It's so painful. You can, you can look that up. You can look, at, look that up online. But the main thing is it could happen to anybody. It could happen to me. It could happen to you. Uh, but once you, the, 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 that's the thing. The mental thing is it could happen to anyone, right? Yeah. So if it could happen to anyone, why not know and be ready, right? And be paying That's attention. Better. Yeah, pay attention. Know what this thing, what these things look like. Have options on you. Yeah. You know, learn how to make things that could, you know, uh, make you. Yeah. When you when you talk about uh, people experiencing this type of stuff, uh, people always say, you know, see your school, see your program, and. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've met people involved in that program and I've talked to some of these people mm-hmm. and they'll, 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 the, some of the higher ups in, in that program will tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you right now. Criminals have more 
knowledge and skill skills and bases in reality as far as what works and what doesn't than any any operative out there yeah doing anything clandestine out there you know because it's a slow tuesday for them it's what they're doing all the time they're like no 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 use these flexi ties because you know they do this that the next thing (laughs) yeah i mean like I, i i did a demo for a certain federal uh federal law enforcement group out there yeah um a handcuff key demo right so they put me in the full borat you know uh when i say the full borat you know the full you know Houdini suit. Yeah, that's crossed arms and everything. Yeah, you know, and they gave me like I, I struggled for about twenty minutes, and then you know, I regurgitated a key that I had tied to my molar on a piece of dental floss, and that was pretty. That was like, wow, that's pretty hardcore. Where'd you learn that? And I told them like, not from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is, this is, this is fucking drug mule shit, you know? Yeah. Jeez. This is drug mule shit. And they're like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> <Can> we, eh? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. You know, so yeah. Um, and I told them like, this isn't something that's new, you know, fucking, uh, yeah. do it. Uh, people, people all over the world that, that fucking run drugs and shit like that. I've seen, uh, people actually swallow shivs, like yeah. dabbing implements. Um, it's not safe. No, of course it isn't safe. You know, I also did a demo where uh, I, I buried a uh, a shim in my in my arm underneath my skin, and somebody said, "What about blood poisoning?" Well, if you're in a situation where you're burying a handcuff shim in your skin, you know, there's a lot of other priorities uh, uh, other than skin infection and. And blood poisoning in your uh, in your mindset, you know. Yeah, uh, I'd show those things for no other reason than, first off, I'm all about show me, don't tell me. Yeah. Number one. Uh, number two, all of those were sourced from not savory people. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn any of those from, you know, former military SF high operator guy. I learned them from ghetto hood rat. Yeah. Drug smuggler guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I'm kind of, yeah, the only thing I'm kind of telling people by the, with that is this is what's out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is an option. Yeah. This is an option. You can use it or it can be used on you if you're a law enforcement professional of any yeah. kind. A tool so, is a tool. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how, what better way to recognize some of this shit than knowing how to do it yourself? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, some of the counter custody stuff that I show and some of the weaponology stuff I show, people are like, are you showing you how like a knife fighting system? I'm like, no, man, it's just a, basically an unconventional weapon, weapon familiarization class where you can see how people make things, why they make them that way mm-hmm. and how it you know, acts on an animal that is a very similar thing to a human body. Yeah. And that's all it is. And realistically, how many high level martial artists do you think are involved in stabbings that, uh, that, that, uh, end up in homicide out there in the world? <laughs> not, not a lot. Yeah, zero, man. Not a lot, you know? Uh, and a lot of the people I learned from are those types of guys, you know, um, just sit down conversations and, you know, looking and seeing, and there's, it doesn't take a lot, man. It doesn't take a lot. But the main thing is to be opened, to be opened up to those, uh, forms of learning, you know, mm-hmm. 
I was, uh, you know, I always tell people that, uh, we always have this tendency to be standoffish. You know, those are the criminals. Those are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I want to learn from somebody that has a former law enforcement pedigree or former military yeah. SF guy, how to do this, how to do that. And I'm like, and master black wizard ninja. If you're not training with a guy with another type of passport than your own, at least, at least one guy with a different passport than your own, uh, a year, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not seeing what, what else is out there. Right. That's yeah, one perspective perspective, right? Just fucking find different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people that know how to do some of this, these things are not going to be good people. <laughs> right. And it's not about going out there and learning from them specifically. Uh, but just realizing that every time something bad happens out there in the world, what can you learn from it? Yeah. And, and what did they as bad people learn about us? from yeah. the other, Both know? sides of the coin. Both sides of the coin. And mindset wise, it, uh, it opens you up a bit, you know, mm-hmm. it opens you up a bit to kind of looking at the, uh, both sides of the coin, both sides of the perspective. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm never about, you know, dehumanizing and saying, oh, those are the bad guys. That's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck those people. Uh, there are scumbags out there, both oh, yeah. on both sides. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> agree. Uh, but, but if uh, you would be a fool not to learn, you know, and there's so much to be said for being able to put yourself in the mind of your enemy. Like, I feel yeah. like, especially with EP, but any of these jobs, you're not good at it unless you're like, yo, how would I hit me? You know, yeah. how, how would I roll on me? You know, where are my vulnerabilities? You know, I don't even think I would, you're not even good at your craft. If you're not, if you're not playing that game, you know, and you yeah, know, that, the more you know about your enemy, the better you could be at that. Game. Yeah. And, uh, people, people take that the wrong way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, again, dehumanization of, of an enemy or a perceived enemy. Right. Is that, that type of mindset actually blinds you. It's a mistake. Exactly. It, it makes, it makes, it makes, it might make for a good berserker rage warfighter. <laughs> Right. Uh, but when you talk about individual, small, small group, uh, small unit tactics, uh, specialized people doing specialized things out there in the world, dehumanization mm. uh, and separation of cultures will fucking kill you. If you yeah. don't know, if you don't know about your enemy, you know, you're wrong. Better yeah. And better it can give you an arrogance that can get you and your people killed too. It can give you an arrogance that it put holes in your whole game. What would you say about uh, surveillance detection with regards to kidnapping? Uh, you know, are there any like tells that come to mind? I, c- I could tell you about a few th- things that I've seen uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, surveillance uh, surveillance is, isn't what uh, isn't what you would think it is when you actually see it, <laughs> especially on the criminal side, right? Okay. Uh, if yeah. you're looking, if you're looking for a fox in the woods, what comes into your mind? Fox in the woods. <laughs> exactly. So if a crow is actually looking at you, trying to peck your eyes out, you're not going to see him because you're looking for a fox. Yeah. When you're looking, <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're looking for something, that's all. That's the only thing you're going to see. And why? By that I mean, I'm looking for a guy wearing a ski mask in a in an SUV. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, and that's that's the only thing I'm gonna. That's the only thing I'm gonna see. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna see the kid 
the 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 eight year old, ten year old kid with a smartphone calling somebody up or recording something mm-hmm. that doesn't even own shoes. I'm not going to see that. Uh, I'm not going to see the uh, the woman walking into the shop with a uh, very expensive uh, cell phone in her pocket and some jewelry and then walk back into a car with two guys in the back seat, which is weird. She's not a fucking Uber driver. You know, you're not gonna, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am not going to see, uh, I'm not going to see people walking in and out of places without any sort of reason to, you know, mm-hmm. Some yeah. people walk into a place and they do a, do a 360 and then walk out and that's suspect, you know? Yeah. Like why were um, they there? Yeah. Right. Um, being, uh, being disruptive is something I learned. Uh, that's something I learned from my, uh, my American friends, uh, my mm. brethren. Yeah. Uh, when I say being disruptive, uh, making a scene, making something happen in the environment. So, People who are paying attention usually won't turn around and look at it directly. People are, people are already looking at it because they're expecting something in the environment. Uh, yeah. Who's on what side based on like yeah. those, just those, those, the reaction time. Yeah. You send somebody's, you send somebody's that on you or visually looking at you mm-hmm. and turn on your, uh, your uh, car alarm, your, your panic alarm. Mm-hmm. And look at your car look at the environment around it. Mm-hmm. And who's surprised? Most people will look at your car and discount it and just keep walking off. But if somebody's on you in your car, people are going to look at that car very specifically, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a way to cause a disruption in an environment that, you know, might, you know, make you look at people, you know? Yeah. Knowing how to do surveillance yourself, getting into a quality class that teaches you how to do, you know, covert and overt surveillance of any kind, you know, uh-huh. that, that stuff is, you know, cause then game recognize game. You recognize yeah. somebody else playing that same game. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes, and especially in some of the urban movement classes I have, yeah, I make students themselves pick who they want to have surveil somebody really close up. Like I, like I tell, it's going to be a guy in a certain place here and I want you to try and read the, the, his passcode on his laptop. Uh-huh. Who are you going to pick to make the approach? And they themselves always look for her, the woman. Why her? She's not going to, you would never expect that her to, to be like a, a bad person trying to approach you. So they, they, they themselves have that programming in their fucking mind already. Yeah. Uh, but when it gets time, that they do the exercise, they themselves aren't aware that they're actually other players in their environment trying to, you know, stick uh, playing cards on their ass or something, you know, <laughs> they're too fixed on, they're too focused on a very specific task. Television. Yeah. They're not watching their own back. Yeah. But I, I mean, just, you know, just knowing how a lot of these things work, you know, some of the best, uh, some of the best people that I know that have, that I was, that I worked with that were great at surveillance were usually people that had a background in hunting. Um, those those guys have, you know, programming, you know, those, those guys can learn how to stand still. They learn how to observe. They don't learn how to smell. They learn how to take in their environment. Yeah. Those guys are way ahead of most of the people out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them don't know that they're good at something until they try and do it now. 
Yeah, that's some true. Of, some of these guys were very good at it, and they didn't know why. And I was like, "You were a hunter, right? Yeah. You're, you already have a, you know, you have, you have a skill set. You know, it's a good base to have." Yeah. What would you say? So, boom, an abduction's going down. Are there specific times, moments, opportunities uh, for evasion that stand out? Um, most of the so. If abduction is already going down, you did a lot of shit wrong, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Still- oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, again, it's, it can happen to anybody. It could happen to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be very hungover and, you know, it happens to me. It's, it's, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. You're there. You're already in the middle of it. So a few things that uh, they are pretty universal. Uh, they're going to look for control over you, both mental and physical control. So that usually comes with a beat down. They usually want to keep your head down. Uh, sometimes there's a restraining element. Sometimes there isn't. No, it's not always the case. Could be handcuffs. It could be zip ties. It could be duct tape. It could be your own clothing. You know, take off mm-hmm. your jacket and kind of leave your hands entwined in your jacket. Could be a t-shirt over your face, your own t-shirt, you know, get put down. Most of the people that I've seen successfully get out of a situation like this usually got out during the initial contact, right? Somebody jumped a gun, somebody let off a round into the air, somebody screeched tires, the, 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 uh, the marked, the mark, uh, or the victim realized that shit was going on and got out somehow. Yeah, you know, parkour, you know? Parkour, <laughs> and not just any type of parkour. Mex- Mexican parkour. <laughs> Mexican parkour. Oh man, this is good. <laughs> all, 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 I can say it because I'm Mexican. All of the walls, you know, jump all of the walls. You know, <laughs> going, you know, going in between traffic and just putting everything possible between you and that person, right? Yeah. If we're in a place like that, you know. Um, Cardio is probably the most underappreciated counter uh, knife uh, tactic out there in the world. Counter abduction. It's just cardio is key, man. If you don't have cardio, I don't care how much you can bench press. If you don't, if you can't fucking run like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but you know, being uh, usually the, the, the when I've seen people successfully get out of situations like this, usually during the initial. Uh, contact phase when somebody grabs uh, is trying to grab onto you and put you in a position where you're, you know, subdued. They want to convince you that you are helpless, right? Okay. So firearms are usually in play, long or short. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes no firearm. Sometimes it's a knife. You know. Jeez. Sometimes it's a psychological bondage element that gets used. So okay. we have your kid. No, you don't. Yes, we do. You want to hear her scream and you hear a girl screaming in a phone, your name. And that's all it takes for some people to go willingly into a car. Um, there's a lot of you know variations. Wow. Most people make it out successfully by resisting that initial contact. Right. Okay. Somehow they, somehow they gain control over a firearm. They move it out of the way and they just fucking run. Right. Yeah. Take your Getting, shot. I'm running. <laughs> people ask me, like, when do you know it's going to be a good time to run? <laughs> I always say, you know what? That's going to be very specific to the situation, you know? Situation dictates, yeah. 
if I'm an American in the Middle East somewhere and a lot of people roll up on me to fucking try and take me, probably going to end up in an orange jumpsuit somewhere. So I'm probably going to fucking fight for everything I'm worth. If I get laid out there, I got laid out, you know? Yep. I am uh, not getting my head cut off on Ogrish. Yo, I decided that a long time ago. Smoke me in the streets, homie. <laughs> Smoke me right here. Uh, depending on the group that has you or the type yeah. of nature of the, uh, the captivity situation, usually will be moved initially to a pro- for to a secondary or tertiary holding space or site. Okay. So they want to they want to know if people are following them usually. Okay. So there's a stop and so, so a stop and so a wait and see type situation happens sometimes not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sometimes during the transit between the initial contact uh, point where they grab you and kick the shit out of you, put you in a car. Sometimes during that uh, that the transit uh, portion, a lot of people also you know, make a break for it, you know, bust out the door and just break a window, kick a window out, fucking run. You know, people are always asking why I'm fascinated with having window breakers on a lot of my stuff, you know, tungsten carbide discs. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there with window breakers on it. Uh, there's a company out of, uh, the UK called four tack four. Okay. Uh, they make a lot of stuff for this type of, uh, uh, situations highly recommend their stuff. Okay, uh, but they have a lot of window breakers in their selection, and people don't realize what they're for. Realistically, mm-hmm. like, are you guys breaking into cars a lot or something? It's more <laughs> about breaking out of them. You know, having yeah. options to break a window so you can get out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So okay. um, initial initial contact and then transit phase are some of the places where people have a lot of success getting out of situations like that. Now, what, what, what gets as the deeper you go into a situation like that, the more things are going to get stripped from you. Okay. You know, so if you have things hidden on your person, you know, uh, people, Hey, yeah. Uh, you know, rules of thumb, if it could get knocked off your person in a full contact, uh, uh, scenario, uh, or a full contact fucking you know, football game. It's not a good place to hide escape biology oriented tools. Okay. So there's companies out there selling, you know, American flag patch with all my escape tools behind it on my head. You know, those are cool, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make it. Probably. Yeah. They're not going to make it, you know, uh, paracord bracelets. Don't fool anybody. You know, they are aware of them, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> the misconceptions are so good. No, they, the, again, there they, I've seen some of their browsing histories. Yeah, and and currently I've had access to not just Mexican criminal uh, browsing histories uh, through my contacts in law enforcement and overseas. I've done stuff for the Filipino Army and for the Indonesian Army and people in Europe. So I've gotten to see like uh, where the people's heads are at, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're aware of a lot of the stuff that is, anything that is online, they're aware of it, right? So people are like, Hey, yeah, you're giving away too much. Now they're doing their homework. They know all of this stuff. So it's time that we, you know, we have to do some quantum leaping forward ourselves. Yeah. So anything that could get, you know, that could, you know, fall off you usually 
won't survive a situation like that. Um, Induction phase. Any any criminal group with half of a brain currently operating in the world that abducts people for a living will throw away anything with a battery in it on your person. So you're not you're not going to end up with your cell phone in your pocket. <laughs> you're not going to end up with your iPhone in your pocket. You're not going to end up with your your watch with an SOS beacon on it, and none of that shit. Right? I we I, I encountered during my time operational abduction groups that had Faraday cages in the back of their fucking abduction vans, you know, or Faraday bank bags. I mean, they were oh, they right. knew shit. Yeah, 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 they did their they own. They knew shit, man. So they 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 were not dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. So the deeper you go into a custody situation, the more things are going to get stripped off you. And if you have options, the less options you will have mm-hmm. deeper going into it deeper. So if you're carrying a knife, you know, with you, somehow you make it into a car with, with these people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good space for your knife, you know, to work. I've yeah. seen people shoot their way out of abduction scenarios, uh, that didn't get searched. Uh, people are like, do you get searched? Well, yeah, sometimes, but you, like it was a, it, it's a, you know, hasty, probably hasty search. If anything. Sometimes a hasty search, you know, sometimes you get into a van and you get fully stripped. Sometimes you don't, you know, um, that doesn't mean uh, always carry a knife. Yeah. Why not? You know, I know how to use a knife in a confined space, you know, mm-hmm. go to one of Craig Douglas's, uh, you know, classes and shank somebody in a car for, for a few hours so you can get a feel for it, you know? <laughs> um, no, <Noted. laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a, people are like, yeah, how many of these people are shanking people inside of cars? You know, it's a situation that could happen. You know, it happens a lot in the world. Absolutely. If you're carrying something, you better know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think, uh, most successful escape attempts happen during this portion of the abduction, uh, abduction scenario. And again, it varies, but mostly when the initial contact happens and during the transportation to the initial holding site for you, that's where a lot of the people that actually make a break for it succeed. Yeah. Sometimes people that are long-term in captivity, you know, gain some rapport with their abductors, you know, look at patterns, look at weaknesses and then make a run for it. You know, those are few and far between, but there's also cases of that. Hmm. Uh, main thing to realize is, it's better to have a skill set and knowledge base on how to deal with restraints and how to deal with some of these situations yeah. and then not to have it and just be a passive fucking observer and just ride that thing along. Right. Yeah. 100%. Right. So, yeah. Dang man. Are you, are you good on time for a few more of these questions? Are you sure? sure. All right. Solid. Yeah. You go to the bathroom or anything? No, my phone is probably going to die in <laughs> About 10, 15 minutes, probably. Okay. So. All right, cool. Then we'll just keep pushing. Um, Let's see here. So what, I mean, do people, like if someone's abducted, like what's the percentage roughly, like do people generally get returned or is it kind of like only to have the money? Yeah. In, in Mexico, it's a, uh, in Mexico, it's pretty much, it's pretty much a hopeless uh, type situation. Okay. Most people never get returned. Most people never get released. Uh, it's just cheaper and safer for the abductor to get the money and not give back anybody, you know? 
Okay. They put themselves at risk when they, you know, return somebody because they, they, they don't know what he heard or what information he got from his time inside. So mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking harrowing. I know, but it's pretty helpless, uh, pretty hopeless in, in, in some of these situations. And again, what's the motivation of the people taking you? Yeah. Because a lot of people, again, a lot of people say, well, cartels are never going to abduct me. No, but your ex girlfriend, Brittany might, you know, she's pretty crazy. She might wake up and be zip tied to a, uh, to uh, the boiler, you know, and it gets really hot and then, you know, get organ failure. That could be a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, uh, it could be a, mo- a politically motivated, you know, abduction somewhere in the world. So, you know, uh, they want to use you to barter for something else politically, maybe. Mm-hmm. Again, it's all about educating yourself about where you're going to be and where the threats, where the threats are going to come from. Right. Yeah. Uh, being abducted by a certain South American you know, guerrilla group yeah. that um, deals in cocaine internationally. Uh, your odds are pretty good that you might get out of it. You know, uh-huh. being abducted by a religiously motivated group somewhere in the middle <laughs> East or, you know, that's a, that's a different story. Yeah. You're, you're piece on the board, man. You're, you know, it's a, and a educate, yeah, educate your paranoia and it's, it, yeah. it's going to be nobody's decision, but your own as far as when you're going to act and how you're going to act. Yeah. And it's a good idea to know how to do things if you have to. Mm-hmm. So heaven forbid, say someone is abducted uh, and, What's the best move for, what's the best move? This question was asked to me recently. What's the best move for executive protection? Uh, always uh, have, always have, always have at least two contacts back home. Uh-huh. Aware, aware of your movements, you know? So for example, I recently did a job where I had to get somebody, an American out of a bad part of Mexico to the airport and then through to a land crossing port into the United States. Right. Okay. And it was pretty, you know, it's uh sounds more dramatic than it actually was, but it was, you know, that, that's, that was the job, you know, I had to do yeah. it. And as soon as I got that job, I started, uh, you know, anything suspicious around the environment that I was going to travel into, uh, all the reports I got from uh, uh, suspicious vehicles, all that stuff was getting fed to two sources of mine in the United States. So they would have a, uh, a breadcrumb trail if something happened. Right. Yeah. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to react to something if you don't have any information to react to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking pictures of the taxi cabs you're going to go in and out of in a, in a, in an environment where you're traveling, send them to two people in, in, in the United States. So that's a, that's a, that's an information source. Anything suspicious, instead of writing down the license plate, actually take a picture of it and send it off to those two sources. I usually use a uh, WhatsApp uh, yeah. group chat and have everybody kind of aware of the stuff that I'm seeing, constantly feeding that, that information source. Uh-huh. Um, videotape some of your, uh, some of your uh, movements in the vehicle with your VIP and actually have uh, your camera phone recording your, your, your six as you're traveling. And sometimes people out there will see things you can't. It's a yeah. good idea to record some of it every now and then, specifically to points in your in your uh, route that are obligatory. When okay. I say obligatory, you know, one of the places where you have to pass through, right? 
think about threat assessment and route analysis, those choke points where you're going to be really on red. Yeah. It's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those forced uh, passing spaces is where I like to turn on my camera phone or some of the uh, GoPros that I install in some of the cars that I use and record my six and send that video back to two sources in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It, they may turn out to be wasted fucking memory or yeah. they might record something very interesting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also a good idea to go back to during the, the you know the debriefing end of day type thing and seeing just in case you see you miss anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but they have to be constantly fed information. Now, something happens, you all get abducted for some reason or, or your VIP client uh, nightmare situation gets abducted. Yeah. You know, what next? Are you a foreigner in the country? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a U.S. Uh, individual and your, and your, um, and your uh, client is American uh, before anything else? Contact is contact uh, the local consulate and the local State Department liaison specifically. Yeah, that's the first person you have to have contact with before anything else. Don't call the federales. Don't call Lucia <laughs> uh, because some of them might be in on it. You know, you never know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, be your hermetic and don't stay around looking for them yourself. You know. Uh, consulate directly and start from there. Right? Mm-hmm. You're no good to anybody if you get taken with your fucking <laughs> if you get with taken your yeah. And you you can't uh, provide any sort of law enforcement uh, service mm-hmm. in out of country as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be good to anybody in that situation. You probably have to you know get to a consulate and start there. Uh, yeah. the, the thing, the, the best things you're gonna you're gonna be able to provide for them after that is just information intelligence. Like what happened? Where were you? You see mm-hmm. any issues? Well, what type of documentation did you document? Any of the stuff you saw? No, I, I remember this car. I saw it was a pretty weird car. How was? I can't remember. So, yeah, really, really kind of, uh, kind of uh, developing and showing your team guys the culture of documenting. Mm-hmm anything they see weird like we have we are we're cyborgs now we have yeah. a camera attached to us 24 7 that's the truth the yeah. Phone, right? yeah and we take selfies every now and then like oh, i'm gonna go out to work and take a selfie why mm-hmm. not fucking take a video or a picture of anything interesting in the environment yeah um, you know to learn how to develop that uh we used to call them mosaics right we would we okay. would develop them end of day mosaic of a like when we would work for the governor uh we would have some uh six we would call them six videos basically okay. videotapes of our of our uh motorcade uh recording recorded from um from uh gopro cameras on our on the back of our vehicles so it would see how things would react in the, on, on uh, like the the back vehicle we would yeah. see how things would happen in the back and one in the front Okay. And at the end of the day, we would have a guy go through the videos and just, you know, see if anything interesting would pop up, right? Mm-hmm. And every now and then we'd see, you know, same vehicle show up in two or three videos. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And then we would, you know, we would, uh, we would print out a picture of the specific model of the car. 
Mm-hmm. And if we had a license plate with it, awesome. Yeah. And then we would have the guys that were washing the, the VIP's house on the lookout for that specific car. Yeah. So if we would see it pop up again and again, you, uh-huh. you, boom. Yeah. And we, we got a few people planning shit that way, you know? Awesome. But I think documenting shit is something that is, you know, needs to be kind of, yeah. What would you say is the most important thing to know about the enemy? Uh, weaknesses, motivations, strengths. If you were going to say there's one thing to know about these types. Uh, they, they are, they are, they are educating themselves as well. Yeah. Access to the internet. Uh, they are, have access to all of the social media content you have access to. Mm-hmm. So just like I log on to Instagram and look at some of the cartel themed Instagram accounts to learn about the fashion choices they have mm-hmm. to learn about the brand names they have to learn about some of the music uh, bands and some of the bands that there are currently like a trendy bands. So I can learn to recognize some of the slang words, just like mm-hmm. I'm doing that. There are people out there learning about brands of firearms, holsters, tactical clothing, uh, tactical yeah. footwear. Uh, they're, uh, they're learning about, you know, covert uh, methods uh, that the police are using. Uh, to, they're learning about how to work against drone technology, learning how to work against FLIR technology. You know, again, they are... They're a lot more like we are than we like to think that they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a good criminal is like a good agent. You know what I mean? It's and the, and the, and they and they can adapt so much faster than any law enforcement or military organization out there. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. There's no rules. What exactly. would you say is a um, kidnapping avatars or like mo's significant features? Uh, to like what makes a what makes a target a good target is there any specific are there any things that like you know invite these types of experiences uh, you know uh, the uh, the obvious and clear and present uh communication of assets and liquid assets and okay right so you know posting a, a picture of yourself with your awesome you know big ass rolex Car and Rolex. Car, <laughs> advertising that thing, casting it out there. Uh, I've seen travelers. Like I, I, I met. This is this is pretty far. This is pretty weird and far out, but it's Good something stuff. that could happen. Uh, imagine a twenty-four-year-old me wearing a ski mask somewhere down in Ensenada, a bit farther down, down okay. the Baja Peninsula. Uh, we were, we were basically scouting out places where the drug planes would land. Right. Yeah. And you'd, you have to remember that we weren't wearing uniforms. So we were basically look like them. them, Right. (laughs) And, uh, we were parked up, we were parked uh, next to a uh, gas station. This is deep into the night, just about two in the morning, three in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, a guy opens up his F-150 super cab truck, an American guy, um, with his wife and two young kids in the back, 
and I think uh, his dad and his mother, right? Mm-hmm. The, the camper hooked to the truck in the back, something like that. I think there was a few cars with him. Uh-huh. And the guy walks over to me, you know? And I could, you know, saw that, uh, saw that Rolex. And I know, I, I knew, I know how to recognize a Rolex. You know, he had probably 3000 to $4,000 on his wrist. You know? Okay. You know, pretty nice Rolex. Yeah. And walked over to us and I was like looking at him trying to figure out why this, why this, uh, this American is walking over. Yeah. <laughs> And he asks in, uh, in, in, in English, uh, do you speak English? Right. He said, do you speak English? And everybody looked at each other. Like, is this guy absolutely lost his mind? Yeah. And I looked at him. Right. And he said, "Are, are we in danger right now? And in the clearest English, this fucker could have imagined in his, like could have ever imagined. I said, yes, you are. You should go back into your car, stay in your car until we leave. I was like, what's going on here? It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Don't worry about it. And I told him, take that watch off and put it in your backpack or put it somewhere safe because that thing will get your hand cut off. He looks at his watch, takes it off, puts it in his back his back pocket. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he walks back to his car and rolls up his windows as if that's gonna do anything. Yeah. And he waits for us to leave. And you know, some people are so fucking oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's it's that leap from something negative like this has never happened to me. They have no yeah. intellectual reference points. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so to them, that's not reality. That's just a movie to us. We're looking for it every day because we've been, we have scars and trauma around it, you know? Yeah. Um, Don't carry anything that uh, is a value. Um, yeah. You know, be humble in more than one way, you know, just, uh, you know, cool things, expensive things are cool and everything. I get that. People want to advertise that type of thing. Sometimes yeah. it's a cultural thing, but not when you're traveling overseas. Yeah. Uh, man. It's not a good idea to have that stuff on you. What would you say? Final few questions here. Um, any daily rituals you think you have that, that, that you do have that uh, you think make you better at your job uh, better as, or just a better person that makes you better at what you do? Uh, I think uh, I, I, and my wife hates this. Mm-hmm. I, I religiously watch the news uh, for uh, of three outlets of news services hmm. in the morning and at night, you know? Okay. Um, one thing I've learned about the U S and again, I'm new here. It's hmm. about, about two years. <laughs> hmm. uh, so uh, you guys are very divided politically in right. every one shape or form. <laughs> so yeah. watching a very conservative leaning news source and then watching a very liberal, you know, right liberal uh, news source is pretty interesting. And I've kind of been learning about that myself. Mm-hmm. It's foreign to me. And it's alien. So I've been learning about that. Yeah. So I watch it, you know, uh, then I go on Reuters and, <laughs> and other, you know, news sources. Yeah, of like that real nature. actual news. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's that to me, that's a thing. Yeah. And when I watch all these uh, news sources, um, if anything catches my eye regionally, I go off on a weird, you know, rabbit hole thing and just go off into it. Right. Yeah. I dig it. 
So yeah, like uh, like I was uh, today, I was I went into a rabbit hole about a Russian military base that they're planning in Belarus in, in, in over in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I learned that from uh, you know just looking at uh, some news sources and Heck what does yeah. it have to do with anything? I don't know. It's just cool to know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep uh, that's one. That's one. Uh, uh, another that really helps me out a lot is writing things down that I find interesting. So Mm. paper notes. One one thing I've always seen and that I found in common with most of the people that I highly respect as teachers and as mentors and people that I admire is all of those fuckers kept paper notebooks. And for no other reason than just to try and capture things that pass by your mind into a solid physical state mm-hmm. that you can then go back to and polish and turn into something else. Right. The manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very meticulous about my note taking. And I think that's a, I always tell students like, bring your notebook. I don't have one. Buy one. You'll start <laughs> one. That's awesome, man. Um, if there was one final, like one contribution you want to be known for through your work, what would that contribution be? I want to change minds. I want to change tactics. Uh, I'm not a, people sometimes accuse me of fear mongering. Mm. Uh, if, if, if that's what they, if, if that's what that's it how takes, they digest it, <laughs> if that's how, yeah, if, if that's how it tastes to, to some of these people, mm. uh, and that's what it is. Um, uh, again, I was, I was, uh, my quote is stillness is death in more than one way. Right. Mm. So I just, uh, if people are freaked out by some of the stuff that I put out there as far as, you know, criminal methods or stuff that I saw out there during my time active, mm. that stuff I saw two years ago. Right. <laughs> Yo, that was um, evolution. That's like a decade in, in the evolution of intelligence of some of these organizations. I mean, and, even for us. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've been, I've had, I've been in rooms with people that have high level training mm-hmm. and high level government officials and people that train other people to go into other countries and do stuff. things and stop. Right. <laughs> right. And they, get, and they get surprised by some of the shit that I learned from a guy in a street corner down in TJ. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, um, there's uh, nobody knows everything. There's no such thing as a, as a guy that knows everything. I don't know any, everything. Mm-hmm but I do know a few things and a lot of people out there that do know a few things, Mm -hmm. Uh, go out there, learn from different people, uh, treat everybody like a Chinese buffet. Yeah. Pick up what you want, pick up what works for you, pick up what you like, everything else, just leave it behind. Right. That's all. It's it's all your responsibility. That's not going to, I'm not going to be out there with you. Just find what works for you. Find what works for you. Yeah, man. I always say Bruce Lee, it, you know, yeah. or what's useful, disregard what's useless, add what is essentially your own, you know, it's your responsibility. <laughs> so yeah, you're the one who's going to be pulling the trigger or whatever you got to do. So Definitely. yeah, man, that's good stuff. Well, what are you up to these days? Where can we find you Ed? Uh Ed's manifesto on Instagram is my, probably my most active social media presence, right? Uh, um, uh, I, I post up all of my upcoming dates on that, uh, platform. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, currently working on revamping my website at edsmanifesto.com. If people want to log on to edsmanifesto.com, there's a blog there. A lot of pretty interesting things that I mm-hmm. try to save for that blog specifically. So check that out. And, uh, and I'm all over the country doing classes uh, all year. So you know, check me out out there. Uh, I think I'm probably going to go to Canada by the end of the year as well. So awesome. And a few classes in Mexico. So I'm out there. Um, I am open to uh, uh, people. You know, there's a lot of uh, security companies that hire me every now and then for stuff as well. I do a lot of consulting work out there. So if people want to have any specific specialized questions about that, Mm-hmm. Uh, just email me. I'm open to, I'm open to anything, man. I'm all about the work. Heck yeah. That's what's up, man. Yo, it has been an honor and a privilege having you on here, Ed, like fantastic conversation, man. Wealth of knowledge. I, I could sit here and vibe with you and ask questions all day, man. You're, you're like an ocean of knowledge, brother. So that's good stuff, man. Um, fantastic thanks for coming on brother and uh yeah man i look forward to to following you continuing to follow you on the gram i'm gonna get in on some of your courses man that's gonna be some good stuff do some reviews and put some content out there about that uh you know if that's all good with you and um yeah brother thanks awesome man uh again if you want to check it out uh i write for skill set magazine as well Hmm. And I have a I have an article coming out for on recoil as well. So uh, recoil off grid. Heck yeah! So just follow me, man. And uh, I do this for a living. You know, it's it's not the best living, but it's a pretty good living. So Heck yeah. I deeply appreciate all the support uh, all all you guys have uh, for the manifesto and, and and for you, man, to give me a a small little uh, channel of communication to people out there that I you know I don't you don't uh, don't get to speak uh, in this type of format a lot. So thank you, man, for uh, providing this uh, opportunity. Heck yeah, brother. That's an absolute honor, man. It's an honor to be able to bring this to the game, tell you the truth. So that's what's up, brother. Um, All right, man, we'll talk again soon. I'm going to stop the recording here. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible. Contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. 
Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.